Welcome to AUKUS Amplified from the American Association of Hip and Knee Surgeons, advancing hip and knee patient care through education, advocacy, research, and outreach. Hello, everyone. Welcome to this episode of AUKUS Amplified. My name is Sean Patel, and I'm the chair of the AUKUS Digital Health Committee. Today, I have with me my co-moderator, Dr. Nathan Nelms. You want to introduce yourself? Yes, I am Nathan Nelms. I'm from the University of Vermont. Today, we have the pleasure of discussing some of the key highlight papers from uh, this year's annual meeting. With us right now, we have Dr. Christopher Melnick from the Mass General Hospital, who received the AUKUS Surgical Techniques and Technologies Award. Congratulations on that. Thank you very much. Your talk is titled, Inferior Screw Fixation in Revision Acetabular Reconstruction Decreases Acetabular Component Failure. It's a very interesting technique paper and uh, looking forward to hearing more about it. I'll pass it along to Nate at this point. Thanks. So just to start off, I was wondering, what's your motivation for studying this topic? Sure. The motivation for this topic is that since I was a fellow at Rush, I've been able to do a lot of research with Dr. Wayne Poprosky, and we've written a lot about acetabular bone loss and defects and ultimately how to treat these insignificant problems. Over the years, we've continued that. And then we've gone through multiple iterations and studies looking at severe bone loss and then taking care of these complex patients, determining the best treatment option, especially for these Poprosky 2s and 3s, the complex ones, how we should treat these to prevent failures. Can you describe a little bit about what your methods were in the study? Sure. The so this was a retrospective multi-center review based out of patients from Massachusetts General Hospital, Rothman Institute, and uh, the University of Pennsylvania. We found 250 patients that had minimal clinical follow-up of one year, both clinical and radiographic follow-up. And that was over a 20-year time period from 2001 to 2021. And those patients we looked at with severe acetabular bone loss, so Poprosky type 2 and 3. Our exclusion criteria for this study were patients with Poprosky type 1, any patient with an oncologic diagnosis, and any patient who has a prior history of pelvic irradiation. And what did you find? So we found that out of those 250 patients, 140 of those patients received both superior and inferior screw fixation, while 110 received just superior fixation. When we looked at the cohorts themselves, the only statistical difference was ASA classification 3. And we found that the, no patients had any neurovascular complications, which is a concern, especially when you're putting in these ischial and superior pubic ramus screws. Out of this cohort, 16 required re-revision. So 16 out of 250 patients required re-revision for aseptic loosening. Three out of those patients, so three out of 140, or about 2%, were in the superior and inferior screw group, while 13 out of 110, or about 12%, were in the superior screw group. This was looked at statistically, and this was found to be significant. When we ran a univariate analysis, we found that patients who received both superior and inferior screws were 84% less likely to need to undergo a re-revision for aseptic loosening of the acetabular component. And then when we ran a multivariate regression, we found that there was an 86% decreased risk of aseptic loosening and the need for re-revision when you add inferior screws. So could you tell why some cases involved just superior screws? Was it that they just didn't think it was necessary? Do you have any sense of that? I think it's a very good question. I think it's maybe predicated on training and it's also maybe predicated on patient, oh, sorry, surgeon technique and whether he or she thought that there was sufficient purchase of the screws and the acetabular component just with superior screws. 
for this retrospective review, did you look at x-rays or did you look at the operative reports as well? So for this, we looked at both. We both looked at both the operative reports and preoperative as well as post-operative mm-hmm. radiographs. Were there any specific comments related to the inferior screw fixation and the op reports that were a common theme you found? No, there weren't. No. Could you tell if there were any cases where maybe the surgeon wanted to use inferior screws, but they weren't able to because of the cup design that was selected or the position of the cup? Very good question, especially since this study spanned from 2001 to 2021, a 20-year period. Obviously, technology has improved since then, and there's now companies that offer more peripheral screw holes. Surgeons in the op notes didn't necessarily state why they chose not to, but you can imagine that some, especially the cups that were used in the early 2000s, just didn't offer that potential screw option. Was there a common theme for the mechanism of vestibular failure that was indicating the revision? So typically these would fail in abduction when you don't have inferior screws. So that's the, in previous sawbone models, and they've looked at biomechanical studies, the addition of the ischial screws. And that's also another sort of driving factor behind this study, the previous work that's been done, biomechanics in sawbones. And they showed that the addition of inferior screws in sawbones lead to a more stable construct and then ultimately decrease micromotion and also decrease the cup failing into abduction. Mm-hmm. Now, if you had to rank a pubis screw versus an ischial screw, which one do you think is more important? So I think it depends on the case. Oftentimes we still see cases where you see severe ischial osteolysis in the setting of polyethylene wear. In those cases, it would be often very challenging or possibly impossible to get screws down there. And then the superior ramus ends up being a good option. I think for surgeons who are learning how to do this, it's easier to put screws down into the ischium than it is into the superior pubic ramus. And oftentimes, surgeons are more concerned about putting screws into the superior pubic ramus, given the fact that the corona mortis is quite close. Do you have any tips or tricks for placing those screws while minimizing your risk? Sure. So all of these cases I do on a radiolucent table with fluoroscopy. And in the very beginning, when I first started doing them, I used to bring a, a pelvis in a sterile bag. And therefore, I can help understand the overall trajectories of those screws. They were done under fluoroscopy. Specifically for my superior pubic ramus screw, I spent some time in a cadaver lab truly trying to understand the takeoff of the ramus and the overall trajectory. And then in the operating room, I try to place a home in superiorly, a home in inferiorly to understand the anatomy, just punch through the most proximal cortex with a drill, and then use a depth gauge and almost think about it as a pedicle screw finder from spine where you're trying to check all five walls, so to speak, the four walls around anything that would be distal to ensure that you're in, and then take multiple views on C-arm to assure that you're actually in bone, both with the canal finder, or sorry, with the, uh, the depth gauge and then with the actual final screw going down. And this was a multi-center study. So could you tell any differences between individual surgeons or individual facilities in terms of techniques or rates of failure? Very good question. At the three institutions that we're at, most of us trained under Dr. Paparoski. So a lot of, especially the cases that had inferior screws, a majority of those were done by surgeons that trained with Dr. Paparoski using the same technique. But to your point, not all of those were done by those surgeons, but it seemed as though a lot of the techniques were quite similar. Any technique issues with actually positioning the cup 
to allow the screw holes to actually be in the correct location? Good question. Overall, oftentimes you need to place the first cup independent. It needs to sit vertical and neutral to allow you to hit your ischial screws and or your ramus screw. And in the severe defects, then you can cement in either a liner and or there's different companies that make a cementable dual mobility liner that can go in. And then you can place those into a more correct position, which is oftentimes less vertical and you want to increase your antiversion. So for the cups where you're altering the position of what you would like for your abduction and inclination and version, are you finding more success with cups that have pre-made screw holes or are you using cups where you're drilling your own hole to find the trajectory that you'd like? And what do you recommend? When we first started doing this, we were the first group when I was a fellow to publish with Dr. Poprosky on drilling your screw holes yourself, which is an, I have to say, is an off-label technique. And from that technique, now there are companies that have brought their revision cups to market that have more peripheral screw holes that allow you to obtain similar trajectories than that we were creating on the back table while drilling through the cup. Was there anything interesting about that case? I think was there just one case that failed with the inferior screws? Anything particular about why that case might have failed compared to? So it was a 3B defect that failed. So there were three cases that failed. One of them was a 3B defect, one was a 3A, and then one was a type 2. So all severe defects. We did actually look at whether the specific Paprosky 2A, 2B, 2C, 3A, 3B had any correlation, but there was no correlation that was statistical that was found. I think it was just a, all three were very tough, challenging cases. And did they tend to fail in the same form of the inferior cup swinging out laterally, as you were saying, abducting that they with did. those screws cutting out? Yes, that they did, correct. Do you think that this might be analogous to in total knees where in total knee revisions, there was a period of time where cones were thought to not be necessary? Oh, this is, an, I don't need it. I have good bone stock. Um, but now cones are being used more liberally. Do you think that perhaps even in cup revisions that you might think, I don't need inferior screws, that we should start considering using them in cases we haven't been otherwise up to this point? I think with the new cups of the market that allow you to easily get screws into the periphery, similar to now we have different augments that are on the, the knee side, I think it's something that we should definitely consider. Our, our st study showed 86% decrease in cup failure when you add inferior screws for these defects. So that's obviously a very drastic change when you add these screws. So our hope would be that the audience takes that to heart and considers placing inferior screws in these challenging acetabular cases. If you're unable to obtain inferior screw fixation, do you alter your post-op protocol or what would you advise doing afterwards mm -hmm. in that situation? Sure. Mm -hmm. Even in cases with severe bone loss with inferior screw fixation, I still make these patients touch down weight bearing, assuming there's no chronic discontinuity or acute discontinuity present. If that's the case, then I would make them non-weight bearing. In my practice, I would attempt to, if, if you couldn't get the inferior screw fixation down into the ischium, then I would go and solely put it down into the ramus itself. So I think that this has really changed our practice. And I think you should be able to get one of those screws to hopefully decrease your risk. So currently, personally, I am not leaving the operating room with a type two or a type three without getting inferior screws. So I've had some cases where the first screw I usually put in is the superior screw as a better bite screw, lock my cup in. And if I'm happy with my inclination and, and version, I'll see what screw options I have inferiorly, but 
if none of them are actually angling towards bone, then what? Do you take the cup out and try to re-engage just to get that inferior screw, or do you rely on that superior fixation that's, that you feel is good? Yeah. Tremendous question. So when I first started, that's how I was doing it. So, and I was getting very, very short ischial screws. I've actually changed in all my type twos and types threes, putting the cup in and making sure that my first screw is not the superior screw. All my cases now, I do inferior screws first into the ischium before I go superiorly. Because I know that most of these cases, you're going to have good bone up top. So I will then, if all of a sudden I put my cup in and I'm not happy in a kink initial screw, then yes, I will change my component position in order to be able to achieve fixation. Now, sometimes to your point, you're not able then to keep the abduction angle that you'd like and or the version, and you have to accept that vertical neutral cup, which I'm okay with, and then I'll cement something in either a liner or a dual mobility option. How critical do you think the fluoroscopy is to the safety of this? Because I assume there's lots of surgeons that do hip revisions, acetabular revisions that do not use fluoroscopy, but it sounds like that's a large component of how at least you're doing these. Was that true of all, all the surgeons um, from all institutions? They were using fluoroscopy to put in their inferior screws or was that variable? So at least for the majority of the surgeons that all trained in a similar fashion, we all use fluoroscopy to check those screws. As a result, do you have any concerns about the safety of recommending that surgeons widely do this, or, or do you think everybody should use fluoroscopy to do this as a result? So I think that's a great question. I think especially in the beginning, you should definitely consider using fluoroscopy to be able to check these screws because you want to make sure that you're not leaving the operating room with a screw that's in a position that you don't think it's in. Well, with that, we'll wrap things up here. Very much appreciate learning about your techniques and your paper. Thank you again to Dr. Christopher Melnick from MGH. And thanks to our audience for tuning in and stay tuned for our next episode of AUKUS Amplified. Perfect. Thank you much for, so much for the opportunity and thank you for the award. Thank you for joining us for AUKUS Amplified. Visit AUKUS.org to learn more about how members of the American Association of Hip and Knee Surgeons educate, advocate, investigate, and perform humanitarian outreach in the field of hip and knee replacement surgery.